have you ever run away from home? <laughs> um, never really thought about doing so? Or never had a chance? Were you too scared to go out? We'll be talking about the older son of the particle son today, and the story is found in Luke 15, 25 to 32. And the Bible reads like this. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fatted fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property, with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we, have, we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. This famous story has two sections. The first section for the younger son, and the second section for the older one. And now this older brother, his story is, is like this. It says, meanwhile, while, while the party was going on at the house, the, the older son was doing what? And he was where? The field working while everyone else was enjoying the party. Now, let's pause here for a moment. For you to prepare a party, how long does it take to set up a party and actually have people enjoy and play music? Can you just call someone and say, hey, can you deliver some food? Okay, 30 minutes and they come. And you call people and say, hey, let's party. Does that happen like that? It says they killed, they killed what? They killed an animal. For you to kill an animal and prepare the meat and invite the people over, it takes time. And for the people, the villagers to come, I mean, who says that they're all waiting for your invitation? They're just waiting and have their clothes on. Like, okay, whenever you call, I'll be there. No, they'll be working outside. You have to send people out to invite people from wherever they are. And they came. And while all that's going on, the, the older son is at the field working. So the younger son might have come in the morning, say about 9, and this is at night, like 7 p.m. Now they're having a party. And the older son comes back home from all days of working, and now he comes home to find that they are parting without him. You know, today, if something, going on, something goes on, what happens? Everybody's tweeting. Everybody's Facebooking. 
send text messages. Hey, I'm here. Check out this beautiful place. Or look at all this food. Wow, amazing. You send photos, and everybody finds out, like, the moment that happens. The picture uploads, the whole world knows. At that time, what happened? They actually had to send someone a message for someone to find out. Like someone will go with a donkey or a horse, or someone will actually go there to let them know what's going on. He wasn't informed. He didn't hear the news. Hey, what happened? He comes home and he hears the music. You know, this guy is the one who's been working all, all his life. Was, was his father watching him? Like, are you working? Are you slacking off? No. His father wasn't even watching, and this guy was working very, very hard all day long. Was he just working that day? Do you think he was just working that day? No, I think he was working every single day, except for Sabbath, obviously. But he was working very hard on his own. Well, that money that he has, that's not the father's anymore because that money was given to him. So maybe he was working for his own business, but needless to say, he was working very hard. Now, when Jesus was sharing this story, who was this story for? Because there were two, two different audiences. One was the tax collectors and the sinners, which were like the younger son. And the first son here was for who? The Pharisees and the scribes, the teachers of the law back then. So the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, obviously they are the ones that have never left home. They always obeyed God, obeyed the Father, obeyed the laws. And they're the ones that are working very, very hard. For what? Working hard for their righteousness. Have you heard that phrase before? Righteousness by faith. And on the other hand, the contrary to that is righteousness by works. So these are the group of people that are working very hard to earn their salvation. That's what they've been doing. That's what he's been doing. He's been working hard. And he comes home and he finds out what's going on. If the younger son... If the younger sons, let's say, were the rebels, the troublemakers, the complainings, the ones that are complaining all the time, and they are the runaways from homes, the older sons are the workaholics, the perfectionists, obedient. They are the law keepers. Question. Which one are you? Are you the older son or the younger son? You don't have to raise your hand, but if you have ever run away from home, say, you know what, I'm a troublemaker. I always cause a lot of trouble to my parents, at church, at school. Then maybe you are maybe closer to the younger one. But if you say, you know what, I never ran away from home. I never had the teenage years, uh, meaning like trouble time of teenagers. I never caused trouble to my parents. I was always obedient. I never cause any kind of trouble, I was a good one, then maybe you are closer to the older son. But here, in verse 25, the Bible says, 
When the older son came home, there was what? He heard what? Music and dancing. I mean, it says here, when he came home, he heard music and dancing. Now, that word music in Greek, do you know what it says? This was interesting. It says, the music in Greek, let me read it with my faulty Greek. It says, symphonia. Oh, is that the kind of music that you play CD, play radio, and just have some food in your backyard and have barbecue? Is that that kind of party? What did you say? Symphony. Oh, what does that mean? The father hired who? Professional musicians to come. Because the word symphonia here in Greek means the harmony, the unison of sound. So it's not just one person just singing. He didn't just hire one singer to come with the like, background music playing, a CD playing, someone like Jessica here, a great singer, sing a song. That would be great. But no, it's just the whole orchestra that he invited, he, he hired. And dancing, what kind of dancing is that? The word dancing for Greek over there means like a circular, people like circling around dancing. Have you seen Jewish people dancing? Like, um, if you see the video, I went there to the, the Western Wall, the Wailing Wall, at the Sabbath time, like Friday night, and at the, the end of Sabbath, they all come, like hundreds of Jewish young people, they come. And men on one side and women, ladies on the other side, and they, they gather and they pray. After the prayer, the lady or the guy starts dancing, or a girl, I, I, don't, I don't remember which group, but they all dance, and now they mingle. That's the time to meet the other one. But anyway, they're dancing in a group. They were like, I don't know what kind of song that they sing, but they were all singing and they were dancing and they were like, you know, dancing, dancing there. That's the kind of dancing that the Bible is talking about. Now, it's not some kind of party that you threw out in, in, threw in your backyard. It's the kind of party that it's something really, really prepared. You're, like, you're thinking something like a wedding. That's what you're imagining. So the party that is, that is prepared here is not just any party. It's not something small. It's like gigantic, like an amazing kind of party that he has prepared. Famous musicians of town, great singers were invited, were hired, according to SD Bible commentary. So that's the kind of party that, that this Bible is picturing. And the older son comes, and he... he comes to find out now he's dirty, he's smelly, he's sweaty, he needs a shower, he's hungry, he's tired, and he finds out all this party going on, and what does he do? He calls the servant and asks him, hey, come here, what's going on? This is my house, but what's going on? Now, could he have walked into the party and just joined right in? He could have. That's his house. But he doesn't. He calls somebody instead and asks, hey, what's going on? Like he's an outsider. And he doesn't go in. He doesn't join. And he, he calls someone. And he, he's like, he doesn't care. It's like he's not interested in this, in this at all. And the servant answers in verse 27, your brother has come. Your father has killed the fatted calf. Your brother has come. What? Who came back? 
my brother, now he's upset. I don't know what upset him the most, but he's really, really upset. He doesn't want to go in. He refuses to go in. He's hungry. He's smelling the food. He's tired. He wants to sit down, but he doesn't want to go in. And he's just refusing to go in. He's, he's waiting outside. Says, your father has killed the fatted calf. Okay. It could have said, your brother has come. Your father has thrown a party for your brother. Or your brother has come. Your father has called a symphony or called the musicians. Or it could have said, your father, your brother has come. Your father has gathered the village. But it says, your brother has come. Your father has killed what? The fatted calf. In Genesis 18.7, there is something similar, similar story. Abraham is just waiting outside, just, just sitting out there, and there are some guests, people, people passing by. And Abraham sees them and invites them into his house. And they were saying, no, it's okay, we'll just pass by. And Abraham insisted, and he brought them in, and he says in verse 20, Genesis 18.7, he says, Abraham went out. And he selected a choice tender calf, gave it to a servant to prepare it for the guests. It says, he chose, selected a choice and, and uh, choice calf, tender calf. But here in Luke 15, the Bible says, the father killed a tender calf, the fatted it's decaf. What does that mean? It's not just, oh, let me just find the fattest calf or the best one. No, it's defatted calf. What does that tell you? He has been preparing a party. He was thinking, when my son comes back, I'm going to prepare a party for him. And this calf is for that party. You see the difference? Abraham just went and looked for just, you know what, this one looks good. Just, just get this one. This is my dinner for them. No. Father had his eye on this calf the whole time. As soon as he left, okay, this calf is going to be the calf when the son comes back. And I'm going to have a party, throw a party. Now, I told you about the symphony, the musicians, the, the, the music players, and the singers. Do you think he could have just called someone just like that? No. He had people ready. He informed them ahead of time. I'm going to call you sometime. You better be ready when I call you. Get all your instruments ready. Get all your singers ready. Because someday I'm going to be calling you, and you better be ready for that. And they came. The fatted calf is already prepared. So he has been expecting this. He's been preparing for this party. That's the party that we are talking about. No, but the older son was very upset. If you were the older son, why would you be upset? Jealous, okay? He's jealous. Why was he jealous? I mean, 
wouldn't you be happy at your brother's wedding? Wouldn't you be happy at your sister's wedding? I mean, why would the older brother be upset and refuse to go into the party if your brother comes back? Let's think about this. Let's think about this. So when the younger son left home, he has received his money from his father, which was how much? One-third of the property. He sold it, and he took, took off. Now the rest of it, which is how much? Two-thirds of it, he has it. That's his. Meaning, everything that is left there behind belongs to who? The older brother. So when he left, when the younger brother left, and when he came back, and the father, instead of kicking him off, he accepted him back, which means the father could possibly share some of that belongs to him to the younger brother. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want that. And in the back of his mind, he's also thinking, you know what? He has done such a terrible thing. He has brought disgrace to the family. He has, I mean, no face to come back and, and ask for forgiveness. And he came back? And you accepted him? That was what he was thinking. You should have just, like, abandoned him. But you accepted him back. That's what he was thinking. But you know what? I was thinking this as well. <laughs> this could be funny. He was thinking, so the servant says, your brother has come back. Your father has killed a fatted calf. And the brother goes like, what? What did he do? Who came back? And he's like, okay. Now, you're using this house to have a party, which is my house. And dad, you have hired people, hired musicians, and you're partying here? You used my money? And you used a fatted calf? That's my calf. I've been saving that one for my wedding. And you kill that one? He got upset. That fatted cap, and he was basically saying, you know what? Well, okay, so you did whatever you wanted. That, you did whatever you wanted. But you know what? That, that's my house. That's my money that you spent to hire people. And that calf is actually mine. Thanks for doing it for, without asking my permission. You did all that without talking to me. And I was working out in the field. Look at this. Of, I mean, of course he's, he's upset. But he's upset for many other reasons as well. But this is probably one of it why he's upset. Verse 28, the father went out and pleaded with him. And did he listen to the plea? No. And verse 29, verse 29, I have been slaving for you, and I was taking care of your own property since everything is his now. Or, so let's think about this. He says, I've been slaving for you. Was he a slave? No, he was the heir. He was the son. Everything he had was his own. But he says, I've been slaving for you. What does that tell you? Was he working for his dad or was he working for a boss? He was working for a boss. 
for profit. There is no relationship between father and son here. It's just strictly work relationship. That's what's going on. You know, many Christians, especially Adventists, you and me, who have been raised in church, who've never really left the church, will read the story of the prodigal son and say, well, this is not for me. I've never left church. You know, I'm, I'm not the prodigal son. I'm not lost. I'm good. That's what we think. But you know what? The danger is in this. The younger son left the father. He's broken. And he comes back home knowing that he has left father. He has let down his father. He knows that he's lost and he's coming back to his father. But you know what? The older son never left home, but he's lost in his father's home. He has never left the father, but he never knew the father the way he should have known. The relationship that he had with his father was never the right one. And as the father said, the younger son has died and is alive again. The, the older son has never died. He has never left home, but he has never been alive all this time. Do you get that? The older son, even though he's been home the whole time, he's never actually left home. He's never been lost, but he's been lost inside the father's house he never understood the father never and he has never been alive do you see yourself in some ways maybe you have never left church maybe there was never a time that you said you know what i have really really gone away gone astray left you know i never have done anything bad i've been here in in church all my life i've been attending church all my life but do you do you really understand the father's will have you really really known what the father wanted do you understand the father's will the older son was there the whole time but he wasn't part of the, the good relationship the father wanted. If you can see yourself in this older son, maybe it's time to pay attention to the rest of the story. And the older brother said, I've been slaving for you. Now, if you've been slaving for someone, do you have joy in working? There's no joy. This son, the older son, never really had joy. He's working hard. He's a workaholic. He's been working very hard because that's the right thing to do. And he wanted to save the face. He wanted to save the face of himself and the father. He's been doing all that work because he's been working to, get, to earn his salvation. But he never had joy. Now, I know many of you have been coming here to church, to attend church, to come to church on Sabbath on time even, coming to the Sabbath school at 9.30 and come here to help with the potluck, 
come here to do other duties, your deacon duties, and you come up here to do other things. You do the prayer. You do the scripture. You do the offering call. You do many, many things working in, in like behind the scenes. You do all that thing because that's the right thing to do. That's the thing that you've been doing all your life. But do you have joy coming to church? Have you found that joy? Do you come here because you cannot just stay away from church you are just happy to see everyone and you're just happy to come here to to attend the worship service and meet god and praise god and to sing praises and meet our church family and be happy just content you cannot just contain yourself you're just happy or you come here because you've been coming here all your life and you just can't cannot just stay away and just like i i have to go because it's sabbath i've been doing this all my life where else would i go because if I go somewhere else, I feel guilty. Like, I feel that way. If I don't come to church on Sabbath, if I don't go, I feel guilty. I feel like, you know, something's wrong. That's how I feel because I've been going to church all my life. Do you have joy in coming to church? Do you find joy in reading the Bible? Do you find joy in praying to God? The younger son is found, is alive, is back at home, and is now has now restored his relationship with the father. But the older son is still lost. What do you want to do, friends? As Adventists, many of us can relate to the older son more than the younger son. What is God telling you today? In verse 29, Never disobeyed your orders, but you have never given me even a young goat to celebrate with my friends. Here, never disobeyed your orders. Did he? Yeah, he didn't do anything against the Father's will, but did he really obey the Father? You know, if if the father had died and there are no more eyes, there is no more pressure of him keeping the standard or staying home or, or to be the good son, what do you think he would have done? He could have continued on with the father's whatever he's inherited and just stay there and just be a good man or he could have run away like the the younger son and done something differently who knows because there is no story there's no ending to the story we don't know but if you are the writer how would you write the story how would you finish the story just think about that if the father was not there what do you think he would have done with that money I'm going to skip this part, but I want to um, say this. In verse 30, son of yours, or this thy son, he doesn't call his brother or by his name anymore. It says, your son, this thy son. You know, when people fight, it used to be, oh, hi, honey, hi, sweetie, hi, love, now that changes to what? Hey, you. Or they don't even call the name. If they have children, uh, 
talk to your mom or tell this to your dad. <laughs> do, do you ever do that? <laughs> the title changes, and here, this is exactly what happened. This, thy son, is changed, right? He is not interested in this younger son or his, his, his younger brother coming back. Have you thought about this? Let's say if somebody in your house runs away from home or leaves the home, as parents or as family members, what is the right thing to do? You know what? He deserves it. He needs to go out and, and learn how hard it is to live out there and be out there as a homeless person or like nobody's giving him food, nobody's providing him the roof to stay. He needs to learn, and he will come back. Do parents do that? They may do that at the beginning. But, you know, if, if, I, if my kids go out, they're too young to go out now. But if they do, ever do, I don't think I can sleep. You'll probably go out. You'll be anxious to find out what's going on. Like, you cannot put food in your mouth. You cannot put your head on the pillow. You cannot sleep. You cannot rest. And the, the right thing to do for the brother would have been to go out after the younger brother, looking for him. Hey, the dad, I don't know if he can hold any longer. He may pass. He may die. I should go find him. But what does he do? He doesn't do anything. He stays home working. When the son comes back, when his younger brother comes back, he's like, who is he? This dies son. That's how he calls him. He doesn't care at all. Now, friends, do we care for our brothers? Look to your right, look to your left, look, at your, look around. Who do you see? These are church members, our brothers, our sisters. Do you know what's going on in their lives? Do you know what they are struggling with? Do you know what their prayers are? Do we care for our brothers and sisters? Just like the older brother didn't care at all. Maybe we don't really care. Yes, we come to church. Yes, we say hi on Sabbath. But do we really care? What are we to do as the older brother, as a member of this family? What are we to do? Verse 32 says, the fatted calf was killed. You know, if someone were to be really, really sad and angry, it's not the older brother. Who should be the saddest one here? The father? No. It should be the fatted calf. <laughs> Everyone else is rejoicing, except for the older brother. But the calf died. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not looking forward to that day. Please don't come back so I don't have to die. That's the calf's prayer. But this calf died. <laughs> now, who does this fatted calf represent? Somebody died when somebody came back. It's actually Jesus. It is actually Jesus that died. Because of that death, what now is possible? 
the feast is possible. Without the fatty calf, the prepared one, there is no more party. I mean, there is no party. That party that the younger son is invited to, and everyone, the whole, the whole village is invited to, and they're all celebrating and praising. And the older son is even invited to watch that party. That story ends with the party. In Revelation 19, verse 6, verse 6 and 7, Hallelujah, the for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exalt and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Friends, are you preparing to enter into this party? The party that the prepared calf has died to make it possible? That story ends with a party. To enter into the party is your choice. Do you want to be the younger son or the older son? Accepting the father's plea and the invitation to enter into the party and rejoice and be saved? Or do you refuse to go in and stay outside, grumbling, complaining? Man, they have killed my calf. They have had the party without me. What? is your choice today. Would you accept the Father's call to come in? Would you like to go attend the feast of salvation? Would you like to accept the Father's call? Would you like to go in? Who, how many of you want to go into this party? And I pray that we will go into this party, the party that God has prepared for us, the party of salvation, the feast of salvation, the feast of the Lamb is coming very, very soon. The fatted calf has already been killed, and the way of salvation has been prepared. And the Father is calling us, my son, my daughter, please come in. There is very short time left, friends. There is very little time left. If you and I do not accept the invitation and go in. It may be too late. So I invite you today that you will please give your heart to the Father and go in. And God has seen your hands, and I pray that we would go in to prepare ourselves for this feast of the Lamb. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you for the story that you have shared the story that we started to dig in, but not yet completely understood. Help us to go home and study more, study deeper, so that we can understand your will and we can give our heart to you. If there are any older sons that are sitting out there, help us to please accept your call and come in. If there are any younger sons that are sitting out there, help them to please turn back and come back to the Father so that we could all celebrate together for your salvation. Please bless us so that we can accept your invitation. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.